VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 697, recorded on September 27th, 697th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 530th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Lindsay. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Right. So, DJ, finally, why don't you go on a uh, uninterrupted praise fest of Lies of P? That game is incredible as far as just like Soulsborne games and like imitations go you know like there have been so many different developers that have tried to do soulsborne and some of them do it well and some of them do it not so well lies of p is the best non from software soulsborne game i think i've played uh it's just it makes interesting use of the idea of like what pinocchio is about what what uh this this world of puppets like the whole world, the whole environment of Lies of P is set in this like it's sort of like a, a Bioshock esque world where like they they built this utopia of puppets that like basically did everything for everybody until the puppets like went haywire and started literally killing everything around them. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> pardon. Pinocchio, being who he is, having uh, a sense of self, is he's he's the only one that's capable of not obeying rules, and uh, basically becomes this thing where like you one of the coolest parts of the game is uh, he has this metal arm that uh, can be swapped out with other arms and allows him to do different attacks with it. Like you start out with just a metal fist that you can punch with. You eventually get one that's like a uh, a harpoon that gives him like a sc- like scorpion from Mortal Kombat. You can launch it at enemies, uh, tag them, and then yank them in. And uh, there's another one that's probably one of my favorites. It's like a cannon that fires a mine into an enemy that like sticks to them for a short while and then explodes. And the the other end of that is like every single weapon that you have in the game that's on a boss weapon can be disassembled into its handle and its uh, blade. And what that comes out to is like if you have a certain build that you're going for, like me myself, I like dexterity and speed and and uh, being able to do fast attacks and dodge enemies. So I started with a rapier like just a, a quick stabbing sword but later on I found this one it was called a a boost glaive, which was like a cleaver with a rocket booster on the handle. And the cleaver was way too heavy for me, but I thought, what if I could attach this to my rapier blade? And so what I ended up with was a, was a rocket powered uh, stabbing sword that I could just like launch into enemies, get up on them really quickly and do big damage and then get out fast with my with my stabs and backing off. And you could do that with other things too, like where you get like 
you might get like a hammer head and you can attach that to like a fire axe handle and get yourself some very strong, like crushing damage out of that. Uh, they also all have like techniques that are attached to either the blade or the handle. And so when you mix and match them, you mix and match those techniques as well. Like, uh, the rapier has like this one where you can do a flurry of stabs at once. And then, uh, the, uh, the booster glaive has one where you can, uh, you can strengthen your defense or strengthen your attack. Um, it's just awesome how much you can mix and match your weaponry and gear in that game and make it make uh, new, basically equipment out of anything you need at any given time, given based on the situation. Yeah, watching the game it just looks exactly like Bloodborne looks. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I, it also has the um, the counter attack, doesn't it? In which you can gain some health by doing a successful counter. There's a there's a guard, and if you manage to do a guard right before an enemy attack would hit you, then you don't take any damage, and you can attack them right right back immediately. Um, and if you don't manage to do a perfect guard, then uh, then they'll do damage to you, but it'll like be as like fake damage where if you attack them back, you can get your health back uh, based off the damage that you took from guarding. Um. And yeah, like, I think one of the very few issues I had with the game was that, like, the bosses are really cool, the mid-bosses are really cool, the small fry is kind of boring, because they're all puppets, and they all, like, work in very similar ways, so, like, I wasn't very thrilled with, like, the, just the the fodder that you fight through the game, because they're all kind of samey to me. But other than that, it's a very good uh, take on uh, Soulsborne. A very interesting use of uh, the Pinocchio <laughs> franchise. Well, more of the born part of Soulsborne. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of people who, since Bloodborne's never coming to PC, there's a lot of people who really wanted to play some to play Bloodborne on their platform. So it's on every platform except for Switch. Although you know, I can see this going on Switch too. It's not. It's not like it's so you know, weighty graphically, you know, I'm pretty sure they can, they can fit it on the switch if they really wanted to release it there. Yeah, I would say that's probably fair. Scott, what have you been playing? I've been, I went back to uh, playing Baldur's Gate three after completing uh, sea of stars and uh, just dove right back into Baldur's Gate three. And I found a, um, I guess he's a monster hunter kind of, character and he was hunting Asterion and I just handed over Asterion to him and he uh, took him out of my party permanently and I, I got a really respect Larian for giving the, the the power of having that choice of eliminating a character if you really don't want them in your party anymore and I had uh, tried out one of Wither's uh, little summoning an NPC for you but it's more like a puppet for Wither's to act through so it really comes off very creepy. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I've been playing. Cool. Um, the only real new game that um, that I've been playing is uh, Party Animals, which is a live service, um, sort of like a Fall Guys game, except it's more like mini game. Oh, I mean, just a series of things that you can do. Um, and as frustrating as it can be sometimes, and it's also a live service game, so you see like, 
oh, look, Ori, you can dress as Ori, but you need to have this much virtual currency. Um, I still have a great time. I play as the duck without a costume because he looks exactly like Psyduck. So I just figure myself as being Psyduck, just going nuts. Um, and a lot of the time, there's just so much mer- – it just makes you laugh all the time. I was once on a bridge because everything's physics-based. And what happens is the bridge is slowly collapsing and people are whacking each other, trying to knock each other off. I'm there and I fall and then I hang on because you can grab this guy, hang on to the bottom of the bridge. But the thing is, I'm stuck to the I'm stuck between the rope on the bottom of the bridge and the bridge. And one thing you can do if you're knocked out, you can start sending bombs and wood things to knock people off. And um, the, the funny thing is, I was actually braced by that rope against the bridge. So I kept on getting knocked out, but there I would be just hanging back and not falling. It's like, no matter what anybody could do, they could not knock me off because I was just, I was braced there and we won simply because the other guy couldn't hold on any longer. And I was just kept on getting knocked out, but staying on. It's a very fun game. It can be a bummer if you have, if you have teammates and they're uncoordinated and untalented, like, um, there's one that's, um, you know, basically soccer. It's, you know, it's, uh, oh, God, I f- can't believe I forgot the name. You know, the soccer game with cars. <laughs> you know, the soccer game with cars, right? Anyways, it's like that, except with, with these mascots. And we just got blown out 7 nothing because we they just couldn't coordinate. Sometimes it's great, sometimes not. It's fine. Uh, but it's really fun. I just wish it wasn't so live servicey. Anyways, uh, Rocket League, right? Yeah, Rocket League. That's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, Rocket League. It's like Rocket League, except except it's with uh, furry mascots. So, anyways, um, you know, I lost my sign. Oh, there we are. There's a bunch of minor news that we are going to talk about because this week is full of news. Um, the first one is. Uh, <laughs> The quick news includes EA Sports FC 24 isn't even out yet, and FIFA 3 has already been removed from Steam and other storefronts. Uh, FIFA 22 and 23 are still available through EA Play, but otherwise they're gone. You can obviously still download them. But yeah, EA is just rushing out immediately to to get rid of FIFA, any sense of FIFA. No, it's FC now. Yeah, like this, this is like a scorched earth thing. I didn't... I guess we should have expected this because, like, it's the FIFA license and FIFA's. Oh, let me put it this way: You think EA are money grubbing pricks? <laughs> yeah. FIFA has you beat by has them beat by a country mile. There's not even any sort of comparison. Just remember, the last World Cup was in Qatar. Yeah, it's uh, and and like I guess to that extent, like, we should have seen this coming, but I didn't even think about it up until it happened. I'm not even upset. I say fuck FIFA. Fuck them. Yeah, but that's really kind of sucks for anyone that. I mean, if you already own, if you already own it, you still you still own it. I mean, even FIFA, you know, FIFA two. Who cares? I mean, they do the same thing with NBA. Um, you still play it on EA Play at the very least. Although as soon as um FC twenty four comes out, that's it. It'll probably it'll be probably like it never existed too. Um. Far Cry 7 will reportedly see players attempting to rescue their kidnapped family against the clock and will feature enemy interrogations. Two things. Uh, One, I don't care about Far Cry anymore. Not after 6. And two, does it sound like they're trying to be Splinter Cell? I don't know. Like, 
I haven't played too many of Far Cry games beyond Far Cry 2 and Far Cry 3, so it doesn't really... I mean, I guess I I didn't know that they didn't have some of these features already. Yeah. Like, interrogations, I mean. Like, that seems like something that should have been in a Far Cry game already. Yeah, I got, I don't know. Like I said, the last Far Cry game I really had fun with was number two. I, I never, but I have to say, I never played three or four. And I know everybody loves three and four, but I'm just saying, I the last good Far Cry game I played was two, but only because I never played three or four. Five sucked. Primal sucked. So six really sucked. Yeah. They, uh, I don't even. I what a waste like of Giancarlo, Giancarlo, uh, oh, sorry. What was his name again? Jesus, it's not John Carlo. Giancarlo Esposito. I was about to say Giancarlo Stanton. It's like, oops, wrong Giancarlo. Because <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito is good in, good in everything he does. Just this, you know, his talents are wasted. Yeah, I, like, I feel like Far Cry's only real identity has been sh- a beautiful shooter. And it doesn't really matter outside of that. Because every single Far Cry has been like... <laughs> Just completely something different from the one before it, and in, in in the way that like it's really never been about any given narrative or 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 uh, connective tissue. It's just more like this is the prettiest open world first person shooter. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is that you know Far Cry and Crisis are sister games, and we haven't seen a new Crisis in a long time already. The last week, I feel like uh, Crytek said they were working on uh, the the next Crisis a while back, and we haven't heard anything about it since they showed the logo. I don't know. So, uh, next item is... Sorry, I'm sort of... Uh, Vampire Survivor is getting a frosty new map in in a free chilling update soon, plus a new character, weapon, and more. This game just keeps on giving. (laughs) And the funny thing is, you know, Vampire Survivors is just a few bucks. And the DLC is like, what? Usually just two bucks each. It's like, it's on Game Pass, but I just bought it outright. There's no reason not to buy Vampire Survivors, because I haven't played in like six weeks, but I know there's going to be a time in which I'm bored, and I'm saying, you know what? I'm just going to do a few rounds of Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors is hands down my uh, fast forward button on life for things I don't, for when I don't want time to run slow. And like what I mean by that is like it is my it is my survival tool for getting through long flights at the airport. <laughs> I uh I don't know what I would do without it because like at this point I've used it to get through just about every business trip I've had this year and especially when I can't sleep because uh every game that you play in uh Vampire Survivors is is if you make it to the end of the level, it's 30 minutes long. And that doesn't include like the time stopping for you to get upgrades and new, uh, and level ups and uh, all that stuff. So it is a solid gold time killer. Like I love how fast it makes uh, my life run when I need it to. I won't play it outside of those times because of, uh, because it's a, it's a fast track to wasting a whole day in no time. (laughs) And not to mention, um, yeah, I played it a lot. I still haven't unlocked a lot of stuff, and it's like it just keeps on giving you that carrot. Okay, if you do this, you can might unlock this, and it keeps going like that. Yeah, 
you unlock all these characters and you can and you can beat each of the stages with them and you can uh get more stuff and then eventually you unlock a secrets menu that gives you interesting little challenges that like you can do and i just got to the part in which you know you actually teleport into this like alternate world it's like a heavenly corridor and it's like how does you know it's like you running through that and you really have nowhere to move because it's a corridor it's like all these things just pop up and it's like wait what that happens too and all these new weapons keep popping up and some of them are really eh, and some of them are really good some of them are like oh whatever my strategy is still to get the one that destroys everything on the screen and upgrade that to the one in which it just everything's just the rainbow sparkle and you keep getting gems but nothing stops death when it's three minutes, 30 minutes. You can revive yourself, but then he just humps you again. Uh, next news item is Statue Maker Gaming Heads told to destroy all PlayStation merchandise, he claims. And they say, this is Sony PlayStation decisions, not ours. So something must have gone wrong with a license. That just sounds so messed up. I don't know why they would uh, destroy merchandise that people had already paid for. It just... Really, it's just going to piss people off. Yeah, and the thing is that uh, the main crux of this is that people are, are trying to find out who to get refunds from, and Gaming Hit says, ask Sony. Just kind of dickish on their part. I don't know what's going on there. It's just a mess, and the only people are getting screwed are the people who actually enjoy those figurines, because Gaming Heads make some really nice ones. I've seen so, I've seen the Harley Quinn one, because they, they're they basically, you know, so a, a, sta- well, a publisher wants, hey, can you make... Uh, Statues for us to say, sure. Yeah, this is... It feels like something, like somebody isn't telling the whole story. And, I don't know, like, especially the part where, like, going going and saying, you should get your uh, refund from PlayStation is kind of like, I don't know, trying to throw the whole blame onto PlayStation. But the problem, here's the thing, Sony said nothing. It's like, at least say something, Sony. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's something that Sony probably needs to address at some point, because especially if uh, especially if people are being directed to get their refunds from Sony. Yeah, they, they, uh, Gaming Heads wrote this entire long thing on Facebook and, and Twitter, and it's like a really depressing read. You know, you don't want to see anybody. And it's not like Gaming Heads is some fly-by-night. Like I said, a lot of publishers and a lot of companies use them to make uh, statues of their of their characters, you know, DC, Marvel, that sort of thing. So I don't know what's going on. It's just the who. It's I don't really care about the blame. The only thing is that the people who shelled out money for these statues and they're not cheap, by the way, are uh, need to get their refunds. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's petty and uh, <laughs> they like whoever's on the line for this. It, it sounds like it sounds like. Uh, to a certain extent, the gaming heads doesn't want to be left holding the bag, but uh, I don't know if that's the way to go about it. We'll know something. And say if Sony decides to hire someone else, it's like, oh, that's what happened. Someone was going to do it for cheaper. But then it's really scummy. Just just let people get their statues and destroy the inventory that that no one's bought. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, but that's the nerf the hell out of Starfield's planet atmosphere effects. Originally very punitive. So, yeah, if you go onto a planet and it has, like, extreme cold or something like that, um, if, you're, if you're, well, if you're not in a space, suit, you're going you're gonna to get <laughs> damaged right away. Hint, don't go to Pluto without a spacesuit on. <coughs> but 
um, what will happen is um, your student, your, 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 your spacesuit has a rating. And after a while, um, say you're in a suit that only gives 50%, you know, it's after a while you start getting frostbite, right? All these different things. So apparently, uh, it used to have a lot more penal, uh, it used to be a lot more difficult. If you were going to go on a Venus and you only had a regular spacesuit, you're going to get toasted at, at some point really quickly and the damage was going to be a lot more debilitating. And strangely, you know what? I want that. I want that. I want it. If you go onto a planet that's hazardous, it should be really hazardous. You better, mm-hmm. you better get ready for it, you know? It, you know, um, like I, I breathe in toxic gas. It gives me a, a st- lung damage, and all I do is cough every so often. I mean, y- your maximum hit points go down for a while until you get back into. I would like it. You know, they it, here's the thing: Fallout New Vegas added that um, that realism thing in which you had to drink and you had to eat, or you'd starve. You know that mode in, in Fallout New Vegas. I want to see that for Starfield, in which, yeah. If you want to go onto a planet that's hazardous, you better be prepared. Yeah, I mean, I also saw that thing about like they they made the AI like purposely set up so that you wouldn't like crash into stuff as you were flying through. And I don't know, like it seems. Oh, you do like crash into stuff in your shop, but you do have a shield. <laughs> it just seems like there were certain parts of this that were like it could have been a little bit more hardcore. And they were worried about it not appealing to a broad audience, and so they kind of like stripped away those elements that would have made it complicated or difficult. Which, like, I don't know, those are the kind of things I like to figure out. But they did add that as well. I remember Red Dead Redemption would just straight up kill you with a bobcat, just jumping out of nowhere. No, that that's just random. That's just random death. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. This is if you don't uh, if you don't prepare. Um, Right. Here's the thing. Want to bet that there will be a – because Fallout New Vegas does have a hardcore mode. So at some point, I'm willing to bet you so, uh, that they're going to release a hardcore mode for Starfield. They ought to. That would be fun. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I'm I'm still exploring and I'm still finding new stuff every time. I landed on a planet where there are cephalopod uh, predators. Yes, on land. Walking octopi, who are who are basically the lions of their of their world. I'm just finding new stuff every single time, you know. Um, and I know this is gonna uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two coming to Steam after three years of epic exclusivity. Not that big a deal. I mean, at least to a lot of people. Uh, there are a lot of people though who don't want to do multiple storefronts. So um, one of uh, one of um, uh, uh, TJ's favorite games is going to be on Steam. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> this is. I mean, those games are still fun. Like, I I really enjoyed the improvements they made to them. It's awesome how much effort they put into rebuilding those games from the ground up and making them really feel awesome. Yeah. I uh, I am really upset that it's probably not going to go further than that, and we're never going to see uh, Tony Hawk's three and four. That's maybe not true because there was an article which I forgot to put, but I'm, we're going to talk about it right now. Um, it seems like Microsoft is already planning a lot of reboots <laughs> and a lot of remasters already. Um, the deal is about just about closed, and people have noticed, for one thing, in Brazil that they already have Game Pass uh, for Activision Blizzard games, but also uh, apparently 
Microsoft is really looking to really exploit the properties they have with Activision Blizzard to make remasters and reboots of stuff. And I know what TJ wants the most, and that is for them to t- tell Vicarious Visions to make a new Tony Hawk game. Either a new Tony Hawk game or just like... Oh, I meant a remaster. I mean, a, a new, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 or something. Do Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 plus 4 and then call it a day there because we don't need Tony Hawk 5 ever again. Oh, they could actually fix Tony Hawk 5. <laughs> mm, I don't think you can fix that. Um, but I yeah, a lot of people are thinking about Spyro. They want a new Spyro game in the worst way. People want a new StarCraft game. They want StarCraft 3 finally. I know a lot. Well, a lot of people want a new Warcraft game. And some people oh, say we're never getting a new Warcraft game. That's uh, that's never happening. <laughs> you never know. Uh, you have a new. You have uh, someone new. You have you have new. Uh, someone someone new is the landlord. We have a new landlord now. True. Um, there's a lot of people who want to have uh, World of Warcraft come to console, since you can. Since you can, it's easy just to plug a uh, keyboard and mouse into your uh, Xbox. And if they're going to do that, it's going to be on PlayStation and Switch too. It's a live service game. They're, if they were to do World of Warcraft on console, they want it on all consoles. Oh, I'm I'm waiting for Sierra games to be revived. Since you since you're saying Warcraft, they do. They have. They uh, isn't the new. Uh, didn't they talk about a new King's Quest being made? I don't think so. I know that um, Phil Spencer mentioned it. That King's Quest was one yeah, of his favorite. Yeah, mentioned it. Yeah, but they, so they, if he, if, he, if he's talking about it, it's probably going to happen. Although people are yeah. still obsessing over the Hexen T-shirt that he was wearing for the Starfield uh, Direct, and oh, I know I love some Hexen. I know a lot awesome. of people who really want Hexen. Yeah. Ever played Hexen, TJ? Uh, I've seen it in action, and I've watched a playthrough of it. It's one of those games that just looks delightful. Yeah, it's one but. of the build game. It's one of the build engine games. Uh, the thing that it's most famous for is you can put a sheep on a catapult and launch it. Nice. Uh, the Talos Principle 2's philosophical puzzling service arrives this November on PS5, Series XS, and PC. Um, I really enjoyed the first Talos Principle. It's a nice puzzle game. It's a very, it also has a lot of philosophical stuff going on, and I'm looking forward to Talos Principle 2. Well, I will say this. The game was made by Crow Team, and it shows, because when you're walking around that environment, I always expect thousands of headless guys with bombs on their hands to run at me screaming. It's the same exact, it's the same exact environments as, uh, as, um, serious Sam. Have you actually, you haven't played Talos principle, have you? No, I haven't played it. Have you, uh, Scott? Uh, played what now? I'm sorry. Talos principle. Oh no, I haven't played. Oh, why not? Hey, you said that you liked mist and, the seventh guest and that sort of stuff. If you like those games, you have to play the Talos Principle. I'll, I'll definitely look into that. Or um, oh, what was uh, what was that game? The uh, The Witness. It's also you know it's a it's also a lot like The Witness. I haven't played The Witness in a long while. I might I might go oh, back into a, it. I see there's a Talos uh, Principle two coming. Yes, that's what I said because okay. it's coming in November. Um. Dev cancels Switchport of Wipeout-style Blazer Ballistic NG, blaming controversial Unity fees, 
says Nintendo's Unity version policy means it'll be impossible to avoid new pricing. Um, the Unity thing is something we really haven't discussed in in detail. Uh, I think we mentioned it last week, but we didn't really get into it. Um, basically, Unity wants to um, do a, a larger sub fee for their games, and it's too expensive for indie games. And part of it was that Unity wanted wanted Microsoft, Sony, and, and Nintendo to subsidize these games. The thing is, I know Microsoft subsidizes them for ID at Ep- Xbox. I don't know what Sony and Nintendo do. Although I don't really think Nintendo would ever subsidize a, a third-party game. It's not first-party. They don't care. Um, it sucks because um, have, you can always use a new Wipeout game. Yeah, and like <laughs> it, it's got to be so incredibly stressful to be a Unity dev and having seen these last two weeks, just how much back and forth there's been and, and them – reverting and going back on and but hiding shitty things in each set that they go with it's but here's the problem um unity has to make money somehow because in their entire existence they've only made a profit for one quarter that's it everything else has been a loss so they're stuck in a hard place too there has to be there has to be a way for this to come together i would like it if Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony all, you know, gave them money, you know, some some money to survive on somehow, it's not going to happen. But Unity is a is a very flexible game engine, and there's been a lot of great Unity games. You know, like sure. five years ago, it's like Unity was sort of like a uh, like ew Unity, but no, really, there's been a lot of good Unity games. A lot of AAA Unity games, too, now that I think about it. Some of them have been actually AAA games, not, not single-A games. I mean, not everybody can use Unreal Engine 5. Is or, it more expensive to use Unreal? Oh, yeah. Or is it... Okay. Actually, I know Epic um, has a weird thing with with uh, Unreal, their Unreal Engine. But and usually... some other engines, too, actually. Yeah, uh, the Gamebryo engine, which sucks. Uh, no, I was going to say Gatto, and there's uh, another one. That, RPG uh, Maker. <laughs> and I wasn't going to say that one, no. But uh, <laughs> the Terraria developers have put forth money to uh, devs who want to use other uh, game engines so they can get away from Unity. Uh, but here's to, the thing about Unity is that it's extremely flexible, and the reason why yeah. it's so popular is that you can multi-platform a Unity game with almost no effort, with almost no effort. That's that's the big part of the Unity engine. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Unity shouldn't try to make money, but like the the ecosystem that they were putting forth would have bankrupted most de- indie devs. Like the stupidest thing they could have come up with was was that dumbass. Every install counts towards the week. It was like two cents. Yeah, you get two cents for every install. Yeah. Um, Not every purchase, every install, which is like, what is, what? Why? Why would you do that? um, (laughs) Which everybody was rightfully, was right to be concerned about that, because in this age where, like, there's review bombing out the wazoo whenever anyone feels, like, slighted by a game, it's... Yeah, Starfield. (laughs) (laughs) It's dangerous to have, to set a precedent where you could screw somebody over 
literally by deleting and reinstalling a game over and over and over and over again. I swear, if someone else start, uh, review bombs a game because they can't take out gay references or rainbow flags, I'm going to slap them in the face. They talk about freedom of speech. Fuck you, it's not freedom of speech. You can you can have the mod. You just can't have it from Nexus mods. They don't want to host it. You can't force Nexus mod to host something. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, talking, which which model we talking about? The one where? Oh no, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Like yeah. um, in Spider Man, they want to take out the rainbow flags, even though it's all over the place in New York. They want to do it in. Um, they wanted to remove pronouns in 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 Baldur's Gate three. Oh, was it and Starfield too? No, I mean, and then I have to go to the Steam forums and see these people talking about how woke they are. It's like shut up. And then somebody made one to to make wheel of wild. Sorry. Um, Damn it, I'm now getting his name messed up. Um, Will. Somebody wanted to make, or somebody did make Will uh, white in freaking Baldur's Gate 3. I couldn't believe that. But it's oh like... Oh my god. The thing is that um, Unity has to figure out about it. I mean, usually what they what what, the, what they do is they just take a percentage out of the uh, out of the sales, and that's fine. That That's their right. It's an engine. That's how engines work, you know? Just raise it by a little bit. You know, if you're not making money, just explain. Here's the, the thing is that people are more upset that they were so sneaky about the entire thing, too. Just explain. Listen, we're not we're we're losing money. We need to make money somehow. So um, and just, you know, I don't know. I mean, if a game blows up, they should they should say, well, if you sell more than 100,000 copies of a game, then we get a little bit bigger, bigger cut. And I, they would say that's fine because that means we're making money, too. Yeah. It's it's been ridiculous watching them go back and forth on what they're going to do with their policies because because they and like one of the most tone deaf things I heard was that they was that one of the executives said that they didn't even consider an angle or somebody would uh re uninstall and reinstall a game over and over again out of spite. It's like hello, have you seen gaming communities these days? Yeah, on Nintendo like, Switch, people uninstall and install all the time. <laughs> They have to. And speaking of out of touch, <laughs> are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about Jim Ryan that way? Um, yes. Before we do, there's something that you said that reminded me of something, and now I completely forgot it. Anyways, game news: PlayStation boss Jim Ryan to retire next spring, and this comes from IGN. Uh, Jim Ryan, who's been the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment (SIE) since 2019, is retiring in March 2014. So he announced today. News first broke via post on X Twitter from Bloomberg's uh, J- Jason Schreier before Sony confirmed it with their own announcement shortly after. Hiro- Hiroki Totoki, it sounds like a character from a Studio G- Ghibli film, doesn't it? Hiroki Totoki, he was in Balan Wonderworld, wasn't he? Um, we'll assume the interim CEO role starting on April 1st, 2024. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this has to be an April Fool's joke. <laughs> um,. The Sony Group Corporation president, uh, CEO, and CFO will also become the chairman of SIE starting next month to support Mr. Ryan in his transition, Sony said. You know, whenever someone says supporting someone in their transition, I think, oh, Jim Ryan's going to be Mrs. Ryan now? Uh, additionally, Sony said Totoki will – I'm sorry, but that's a character from Super Mario Brothers, isn't it? Uh-oh, here comes a Totoki. Mar- Mario, get, get the star. No, it's a Totoki. It's one of the. It's it's a special turtle. Um, we'll work closely with Sony Group Corporation say, uh, Chairman and CEO Kenichiro Yoshida to navigate PlayStation's future, including the succession of the SIE CEO role. 
In a statement today, Ryan cited the bullshit that he was uh, – oh, I'm sorry – cited the difficulty of living in Europe while working in North America as a reason for the decision. I don't understand this, but we'll f- – f- uh, anyway, after 30 years, I made the decision to retire from SEIE in March 2024. I've relished the opportunity to have the job I love in a very special company, working with great people and incredible partners, but I found it increasingly difficult to reconcile living in Europe and working in North America. I will leave having been privileged – you, you, you're living in Europe and working in North America. Um, dude, you don't have to go anywhere to do that job except to make appearances at, at, at conventions. Um, I will leave having been privileged to work on products that have touched millions of lives across the world. PlayStation will always be a part of my life, and I feel more optimistic than ever about the future of SIE. I want to thank Yoshida-san for placing so much trust in me and being an incredibly sensitive and supportive leader. Uh, the move, of course, is a massive shakeup in the industry, especially as the PlayStation division has been a lucrative one for Sony. In, Sony, in July, Sony said that the PlayStation 5 has sold 40 million units since the console's launch in November 2020, uh, tracking slightly behind the PS4, but still a major milestone. Um, I have to put an asterisk on that. That is not sales to consumers. That is sales to retailers. There is a difference. But even so. Um, Ryan started his career at PlayStation's European branch in 1994. He would go on to hold various leadership positions before replacing John Kudera as president and CEO of SIE in 2019. And, um, yeah, before Kudera, it was that other guy who was a complete liar. Anyways, um, I find it interesting he's deciding to retire now because um, PlayStation has been losing market share. In the last year. And um, here's the thing. Uh, last year, they had 46.3% of the market. In 2022, they went down to 45%. Meanwhile, uh, Microsoft went up. Nintendo went... I thought Nintendo went up as well, but I guess not. No, wait. That has to be 27, shouldn't it? Because that doesn't add up to 100%. Uh, 40, 40, 23. Oh, no, no. It does add up. Okay, never mind. Um so what I see here is that um, I think the uh, what's what's slowly going on is that you're going to have a 33, 33, 33 at some point. I think Sony is not losing audience. It's just the other two are gaining more audience. But still, um, they lost, what, 1.5 or $1.6 billion. And there's just been so much bad press. Aside from the the aside from the PlayStation leakage of stuff, we're going to discuss that later. Um, but Jim Ryan has kept on poo-pooing everything that Microsoft has done, and then finding out wait they're making money with it and copying it. Case in point, selling games on Steam. Microsoft said, you know what, we're going to sell our games on Steam. Oh, look at all the money we're getting from PC users. And Sony says. I guess we're going to have to sell on PC too, except Microsoft went all in and sells their games day one on Steam. Well, you have to wait for the games to be sold on PC from Sony. And then they poo-pooed Game Pass and Game Pass made money and they said, oh, we're going to have PS Plus. Okay. Early 2024 and uh, what, the game came out? Let me think. That was last year, right? That was last year, March? Which? I think, I think that's right. Which game? And so, uh, I was just saying, like, Horizon Forbidden West is oh. about to come to PC in early 2024, and that game launched in uh, March 2022. 
Yeah. Oh, Spider-Man you're talking about a, took a while. So you're talking about a year and a half, almost a year and a half, almost two years before uh, it comes to before a, a, a quality game gets p- uh, ported to PC. Yeah. Meanwhile, Microsoft just Im- releases it immediately. A lot of people are excited over uh, Forza Motorsport on PC. That's uh, one of the game, major games. I keep on thinking about uh, City Skylines, but that that's that's third party game. I'm sorry, but I think about it a lot. I know you do too, TJ. <laughs> I was just thinking about like how long it took for this to happen. Like, I don't care how good Jim Ryan is at business. That guy is so incredibly out of touch with his customers, and when he's not out of touch with them, he's like intentionally antagonistic towards them. Like his takes on backwards compatibility are the stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> like, it's... He who wants to play old games? Said, it's a, who wants to play old games when there's new ones? It's like people that, like... I, I don't not want to read The Lord of the Rings because fucking newer books have come out. Or Peter Jackson ruined the story. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw away my 1965 red convertible uh, Spitfire because uh, Austin Martin came out with something this year. No. <laughs> Who was that old thing? It's old. I'm not going like, to watch Citizen has, Kane. And, and, he's shown, and he's shown that active... And you know where he, we've seen a big display of that active antagonism towards the gaming industry? Is in these... Uh, is in the FTC and, uh, and Microsoft cases. Is in... And in fact, most of the hearings regarding Activision Blizzard and Microsoft. Every time Jim Ryan ends up in an email, it's usually something about him being a pompous asshole about like one thing or another regarding business in the industry or Microsoft. And when he's not an asshole, he ends up contradicting that. Like um, in the emails, uh, Jim told, uh, you know, it's okay uh, if Microsoft gets Activision Blizzard. You know, we'll we'll talk to them. Call of Duty is going nowhere. You know. He's a cool dude. We'll, we'll discuss it and blah, blah, blah. And then in the FTC, they, they're going to take away Call of Duty forever. And he did, he did not, did he not know that those emails existed that showed him he was pretty confident it would be, would be? Meh. <laughs> so Jim Ryan has always struck me as either A, an, inc- an incredibly sleazy person or B, a complete idiot. <laughs> or he could be somewhere in the middle. I mean, yeah. I don't know. The kind of person that would make someone like Satoru Iwata just roll over in his grave because that guy legitimately cared. He was a gamer first and a businessman second. Well, um, I will say this, though. He's an angel compared to Jack Trenton. You remember yeah. Jack Trenton? Yeah. Remember him? He said, uh, I will give $700 to anybody who finds a PlayStation 4 in the uh, available. I mean, no, it was a PlayStation 3. Hey, oh, uh, oh God, um, Penny Arcade just ripped into shreds. They took photos of, of unsold PlayStation 3s. They're like, here's here's five of them in this store. Can we have our uh, $3,500, Jack? Oh, Jack did so many sleazy things. So many. Remember, he's the one behind the Sony exploding batteries. He's the one behind the uh, root kits on CDs. Do you remember that pleasant thing in which the yeah. CDs would install root kits on your that were actually uh, worms, you know? Yeah. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, Jim Ryan, John Riccatello, Bobby Kotick, every one of those guys can just fuck right off into the sunset. 
get get up get up. Here's the thing: the best thing that uh, Microsoft ever did was get a guy who loves gaming, Phil Spencer. Whatever you want to say about him, he loves to play games, and it shows. He saw Starfield being developed at Bethesda, and he told Microsoft, buy them. Buy them now. We do not want Sony making this a a PlayStation exclusive. I like, (laughs) you know, say what you want about what the the flounders that Square Enix has made, but their president right now, the, the one that kind of just came in, like, he was he started off one of his first official uh, like hearings at like the Final Fantasy Fan Fest by talking about how like he played Dragon Warrior a lot when he was little because he didn't have enough money to get his hands on uh, Final Fantasy at the time and like I was like I like this guy I like mm-hmm. the cut of his jib that's a story that I can uh, that I can identify with like, well I'm that pretty sure cares about games I'm pretty sure you love the Capcom boss then who just said today games are not expensive enough. Seventy dollars isn't enough. We need to raise the price. <laughs> I'm not I kidding. Really say anything good. I I can't really say too but too, too many bad things about Capcom because they've been killing it for the most part lately. Yeah. Well, now uh, uh, Haruhito Tijo Shizimoto said at Tokyo Game Show, "Yeah, we need to raise the price from seventy dollars. It's too it's too cheap." I thought he was talking. To, I thought I saw him talking about the games that were still running at like fifty and sixty dollars. No, he said. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Capcom's going to start charging seventy dollars because the price sixty dollars is too low. Yeah. So I mean, like, we're getting to the point where most of them are ending ending up at that price point. Although the sixty dollars asking sixty dollars for Resident Evil Four on a cell phone is a bit much for. Yeah. <laughs> in my yeah, that that that's weird. <laughs> I guess we'll just wait longer for sales then. Yeah, no kidding. Or just get Game Pass. <laughs> See, that's that's my answer. How oh, games are uh, game prices are going up? I mean, Game Pass prices may go up a little bit too again, but then again, you know, it's a lot cheaper than than having to spend seventy dollars every time I want to play a new 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 game. And I, I, you know, I enjoy my indie games. I already talked about Vampire Survivor, but at some point, I want to play a game that blows my eyes and ears. You know, I just want something that's a that's a visual feast. Anyways, we're gonna move on to the next item. Go ahead, TJ. MetaQuest Three is coming on October tenth from PC Gamer. During today's MetaConnect keynote, Meta announced that the Quest Three in June. Sorry, Meta announced the Quest Three in June, but aside from giving a price, it was light on details. The first big bit of news that we got during today's presentation was that the Quest 3 will have Xbox Cloud gaming support that lets you stream Xbox Game Pass games with a Bluetooth controller onto a virtual screen atop of your dinner table. The headset will support AirLink, and you can connect it to your PC with a Quest Link cable, which means you'll be able to play Steam VR games and have backwards compatibility with Quest 2 VR games and AR apps. So just so you know, we already – here's the thing. It supports AirLink and Quest Link. Uh, they both are on the Quest 2. I'm just hoping that the AirLink is actually free this time around. It probably won't be. They charge like $60 for that cable. No, not the cable. The AirLink. Which is um, connecting via Wi-Fi. Oh, um, that, that the software itself costs like twenty bucks. Oh, I didn't know that you actually had to pay for the AirLink software. That's kind of skeezy. Eh, well, 
you know. I have and a Questlink cable anyway, so about how, like the the cable to connect your. Oh, I use that. Yeah, but that's a, I spent seventy dollars for that. <laughs> but then again, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's, that's a high speed U- cable. Here's the thing: it's a high speed USB C. It's a special high speed USB C cable that you can get anywhere. So. I know, but the fact that Meta is like, give us seventy dollars for it is pretty egregious. Well, that's so. It's normally costs seventy dollars if you go to Amazon. So, I mean. I guess you, if you want, it may, may it have, have it come with the thing. Sure, that would love that, but it's not going to happen. Anywho, the Quest Three supports 2064 and 2020 or 2208 per eye resolution on pancake lenses, similar to the Quest Pro, with a refresh rate of 90 hertz and a, and a 120 hertz experimental option. It's got a pair of RGB color pass-through cameras and a depth projector that lets you see and interact with the real world. So you don't have to take the headset off to check your phone or make sure that you don't fall down a flight of stairs. Now, the Quest 2 is monochrome. You know, it's different shades of gray. Is that, does that mean we're going to have that now in color? Cool. It sounds like it. Which, that's cool. That's a nice upgrade over the original over the Quest 2. Yeah. Um, powering the Quest 3 is a Snapdragon XR2 Gen 2, uh, which Meta says delivers double the GPU processing power for faster, re- for faster load times. The pass-through camera means the headset will digitally map your room, allowing mixed-reality games like Stranger Things to overlay game assets over physical ones, like opening portals in your living room or placing Beat Saber awards in a digital trophy case. I wonder if they're going to have Pokemon Go on the Quest 2, then. That would be neat. I would think that they would have done it already at this point if they had plans for it, but who knows? Um, there's a lot of things you could do with like the existing AR games. I would actually love to see like Pikmin Bloom on uh, on something like that. Um, no, they just have Pokemon VR. That's it. The controllers ditch the tracking ring, which I love this particular part, for a slimmer form factor. And Quest 3 also supports controllerless hand tracking. The handset, uh, the headset weighs around 515 grams, and Meta claims it has a 40% slimmer optic profile for better comfort. Do you know, like, that's one thing that's always annoyed me about VR headsets, whether it was the Quest 2 or the PSVR 2. I have big hands, and you have to, like, shove your knuckles through Uh the the (laughs) rings to, to hold those, and... I don't know. I always like scratch myself trying to get my hand set up in those things proper. I just yeah, I, I agree with that. I, my hands feel big when I see some of these controllers that are just like too small or too cramped. Um, I just hate having to wear that stupid Oculus Quest 2 helmet. It's like heavy. Yeah, I hope they do a little something to like balance it out so it's not like putting all the weight on your face this time. <laughs> Um, but I'm also happy to see that those rings are gone because it's, it's now using like, there's a, there's cameras inside the top of the remote that like track your hands as opposed to the rings that were doing it before now, which good. I'm glad that I don't have to like mold my hands into a tiny little controller ring to make it work now. Um, Meta also claims the Quest 3 will get an average of 2.2 hours of battery life. A charging dock sold separately will wirelessly recharge the headset and controllers for 150 If not, the controllers will take regular AA batteries. You can pre-order the Quest 3 for $500 for the 128 gigabyte version or 650 for the 512 gigabyte model. 
will start shipping on October 10th. Each Quest 3 will ship with a, a free copy of Asgard's Wrath, a fantasy FPS melee adventure game. Yeah, that's where I'm stopping because this is a lot more expensive than the Quest 2 was. I, I don't need the 512 gigabyte model because most of the games I'm going to be playing are going to be through Steam and, and other stuff. It's not going to be games that I'm going to be storing on the headset itself. And it's a real problem for me because as much as I love my Quest 2, I don't use it that much at all. So what this would mean was I'd get a Quest 3 for 500 bucks and then you like use it a few days every year or something like that. I don't know. I will say this. Um, I always wanted to play Elite Dangerous 3 with better resolution and uh, or um, Star Wars Guardians. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Star Wars Squadrons with it. Because um, that's the one thing that Starfield does not have, and that is VR. And I'm pretty sure someone's going to patch it in, because every single every single Bethesda role-playing game has had a VR version, Skyrim and Fallout 4. So hopefully they do it for Starfield. It's one of those things in which I, I want to live my life in the science fiction universe, which is what Starfield allowed me to do. And if I get to do it with VR, that would be that much better. Um, I'm just happy to have uh, an upgrade. Of, like, I like the idea of everything that we've seen about the quest three so far. And I would be willing to pay like the 500 bucks because I like the thing that has always made the quest line stand above the rest of them to me is the portability of the matter. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to set up shit. To yeah. That's the other thing quest. is that there, unless, unless, well, if you're doing the, the, uh, the quest link, then, but that's the only wire you have to deal with. The only wires, if you're using the Quest Link to attach to your computer, you everything else. Pack it into, you can pack it into a suitcase, take it halfway across the country, put the headset on, let it do the, let us do a scan of the room, and then you're set to go. It's that simple, and I've oh, always loved that about it. I Quest. have to warn everybody though: do not use the Quest outside, not because you look like a goofball in public, but um, playing it outside might burn out the uh, sensors and, and uh, might burn out your VR goggles. So it's like right. You have to you do it indoors. It's the safest way without damaging your quest. Yep, but I love, but I've always loved the portability of it, and the Quest Three is looking like it's a little bit better in nearly every way. That the the controllers themselves not having the rings anymore is a big uh, plus for me. You know, it's a really big plus is being able to do use it sitting down, and having the stationary ver- uh, mode in which you just in which it just says, "Okay, where are you sitting? You're there. Good." I also like it when you're um, when you're not doing the stationary mode and you have to mark out the area that you can play in. It's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and it give and it like shows you the wire grid when you're getting close to the boundary. Yeah, although it's um, kind of weird. It's like whenever that happens, whenever I get too close to the wire, it's sort of like exiting the matrix. It's like whoa, I'm leaving the matrix. I'm going into the real world now. I uh, I have a bar stool that I literally use for any time I'm gonna play sitting mode, just because I like to be able to rotate. <laughs> but uh, said, it's a tough choice i mean do i want to get it now or do i want to wait here's the fucked up part about this it's shipping on october 10th you know what that means right you're gonna have the christmas rush mm-hmm. and it's like they're gonna be incredibly hard to find for a while so it's either you pre-order it now or you sit out and wait and i think this time around i might sit out and wait yeah that's fair enough it's not gonna i mean they're still gonna have more of them next year when the christmas rush is over yeah and you're, that gives you time. That gives them time to uh, fill out the Quest Three like library. And also, it gives them time to fix out the bug, the inevitable day one bugs that are going to be in that thing. 
you have, you know, and when I first get it, it's going to say, okay, wait, we have to update the uh, firmware. Because, like, you look at the, you look at the games that they announced for the Quest 3 today, and most of them are just either ports of uh, Quest 2 games or they are uh, AR games, like the Strangers thing, the Stranger Things game that they keep mentioning. I only have one game but, that I bought that's only for the Quest, and that is, of course, Fruit Ninja, which is a game that was made for for VR. But all I'm saying is that it's probably going to be a little bit further before they start making games that can, like, not play on the Quest 2 and need to be played on the Quest 3. Holy shit, I just realized. Since Oh, no, it's going to be... Here's the thing, they, they're they doing the Game Pass thing, right? And all of a sudden, wait a minute, I can play Starfield? No, it's just going to be a screen, a virtual screen to play it on. It's not going to actually be in. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping, I'm still hoping, you know, that they will make a VR version of Starfield. I mean, they did it with, like I said, they did it with Skyrim. They did it with Fallout 4 to varying varying levels of quality. But still. Yeah. And it, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Not to just play, I play on the Oculus Quest just to play Slay the Spire. <laughs> Actually, you know, that that's the thing. Um, the, the Ryzen things, you know, that you attach to your controller, uh, to your cell phone, um, they don't fit my, uh, my Samsung Galaxy 12S Ultra. So this might be a way to get around that instead of, I just have to hope I don't get a headache playing Slay the Spire on my on a virtual headset. Anyways, we're gonna move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Let's see. Uh, all of Sony systems allegedly hacked by a news ransomware group, or new ransomware group. This is from Kotaku. According to a September 25th article from Australian cybersecurity publication Cybersecurity Connect. The PlayStation maker was cracked open by ransomware.vc, a new outfit of hackers that only ha- that's only been operating si- since September. Though the publication suggests the gang has connections to previous dark web forums and groups. Cyber- Read that as North Korea. <laughs> uh, Cybersecurity Connect reports the that the hack allegedly unearthed screenshots of Sony's internal login page an internal PowerPoint presentation outlining test bench details and several Java files and a documentary of entire leak housing 6,000 files. We have successfully compromised all of Sony systems, Ransom.pc proclaimed. We won't ransom them. We will sell the data due to Sony not wanting to pay. Data is for sale. We are selling it. Wait a minute. Hold on one second. We won't ransom them. We'll sell data because Sony's not willing to pay. Dude, that is ransoming. <laughs> they refuse to pay your ransom fee. That's you are not ransoming it. N- not anymore. <laughs> now yeah, you're just I'm kind of surprised much. they're proclaiming this. Doesn't the, won't the authorities just you know go arrest them? I don't. If they can find understand. them, they. Um, I mean, they probably feel pretty secure by the behind the veil of anonymity, but like behind the veil of North Korea. Yeah. I, I'm pretty. I'm saying right now, it's probably North Korea group. Uh. Let's see which one we're at now. We don't need we don't need to go any further. Uh, okay. Uh, the thing is that um, from what I judging from six thousand files, I don't think this is actual user information. What I think this is is all of Sony's emails. I think they hacked the email server. I'm still changing my password. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's always look. You should always be changing your password every six months. You know, just 
just change it. Just, it's just exhausting, but yeah. It's a pain, but, you know, just find a string of numbers and letters that you really like, write it down on a pen and paper, and then just do it. <laughs> you know, the thing is, a lot of these things have, um, they have, uh, um, you know, secondary protection anyway. Like, um, if, if I don't remember my email, they just text me and my phone number, and they just let me go through without having to enter my password on some stuff. It's like, oh, you forgot? Well, just, just do this code that we sent, we texted to you and everything's fine. Um, but still the thing is that there's Sony still not secure enough to protect their own corporate servers. Now, uh, the other thing that they did not talk about is the fact that this is all from Sony Japan, right? So the part that was hacked was Sony Japan. Um, and I know every, every PlayStation network, Gamer remembers 2013 when Sony got hacked and 77 million people had their information exposed. And the bad part was Sony did not say anything about it for a week. They decided to not say anything, which was really bad. But hey, you know, in 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 exchange for uh, getting your um, uh, your your account le- uh, hacked. Uh, they gave you a free copy of either um, what was it, Infamous, or you oh, know a lot of planet. yeah, all these second tier games that you know had been out for like a year. It's like oh, it's like Microsoft saying oh you got hacked. Here's a copy of Halo Three. Yeah, this is just the, the reason people have every reason to be concerned for this is that there's so much precedent behind like yeah. Sony getting hacked like this. The At the very worst, it's bad optics. It's bad optics. The play. The PlayStation 3 kit getting exposed that, like, made it so that people's PS3s were hackable. From Oh, and from, let's not forget when North Korea hacked Sony because they were angry at the movie um, The Interview. Remember that? Then there, then there was that one uh, Christmas where uh, they completely shut down, the like, hackers completely shut down the PlayStation Network with a DDoS attack. Oh. There's been... A lot of like mass attacks targeted at Sony. I like, mean, once Xbox Live got got DDoS, but the thing is that it was surprising for people with Microsoft because that usually does not happen. And DDoS attacks aren't that difficult to do. But basically, if people don't know what it is. It's a denial of service attack, and all it does is send so much junk into your servers that it can't handle all of it, so it blocks everybody else out because it's dealing with constant streams of junk data going into it. So that's not exactly a hack. Yeah. That's just your server being compromised, and you just have to get better server protection, better firewall. But yeah, information being leaked out is bad. Yeah, definitely. Like that's definitely me changing my password and making sure that my uh, that any of my financial information that's that I've had is is secured because there is too many. There are too many. Previous cases of this being true for for people to take risks about it. And on as a final note is always recycle your password every few months. I mean, even if you're not afraid of people hacking your thing, you know, you never know. Just just change it every so often for for no other reason than you have to. You should change it every so often. Yep. It's a real shame. It's uh, it's probably going to create a lot of problems, especially going into the holiday season. But uh. It'll be interesting to see how this evolves, too. I mean, they say they hack this part, and the thing that's on everybody's minds is what other parts can they hack, too. 
Yeah, and something tells me that like something tells me that Sony got caught with their pants down because the fact that they could only say today that they are investigating the matter and nothing, no further comment at this time. But here's the thing: how come they keep getting caught with their pants down? <laughs> it's like once uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, you're gonna sue me, aren't you? Oh, by the way, this is also the origin of the can't sue me uh, clause in things now, in which everything and everybody followed. I mean, uh, EA quickly followed and Microsoft followed, in which they put the clause that you can't do a class action suit against them for for this. So, yeah, Sony in- included that little thing, too, the uh, can't class action suit us clause in their stuff. Isn't that wonderful? They, they, they want to protect themselves by saying, oh, at least you can't do a class action lawsuit against us. Which is bullshit, because if if you're ripped off from them, of course you can sue them. They can they can say whatever they want. No, you can't. No, yes, we can. Watch us. Watch us. <laughs> oh, by the way, I got two hundred and fifty dollars for some a- a- Apple class action lawsuit from a few years ago. <laughs> I'm just shocked. I, th- I I thought, oh, I'm probably gonna get eight bucks. You know how it is with class action lawsuit. You know, it's like uh, they win twenty million people. What there are. 10 million people who are things, so everybody gets two bucks out of it. No, um, the security thing from my iPad apparently was worth 250 bucks for me. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Apple. <laughs> A few more lawsuits like that. Maybe I will buy the uh, Quest 3. So, yeah. Anyway, look for a. Don't sh- worry, everybody. They won't, they won't ransom the data, they'll just sell it. Yeah. They already tried to ransom it. They already tried to ransom it, and Sony didn't pay. Which is, by the way, the right thing to do. Um, don't pay a ransomer, because they're just going to want... Especially if they don't give you the information. What are they going to do? Okay, we promise never to hack you again, especially now that you we know that you'll pay for it. Yeah, so Sony had to not pay. That's basically it. Um, and probably what they saw was, eh, we don't care. But like I said, if they could hack that, who knows what else they could hack? And Sony really needs to get some cybersecurity experts in their in, in their company. Really, this happens too much. This doesn't happen to Nintendo. I mean, when was the last time you heard Nintendo being having? Well, um, you know, I'm pretty sure someone's gonna write back. Well, actually, back in 2013, Nintendo was hacked, and they, I don't know. But I'm just saying, this doesn't this this doesn't happen to the press to Nintendo because maybe Nintendo actually hires cybersecurity people. Microsoft is a software company. They definitely have people who are experts at cybersecurity. Sony? I mean, there's also precedent for the fact that, like, the the last people that tried to hack Nintendo consoles, one of them is, went to prison and is now paying Sony for the or paying Nintendo for the rest of their life. Remember, Microsoft makes Windows. They know people want to hack the shit out of Windows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's given them experience with dealing with cybersecurity. Tony, this is not a TV. This is the internet. <laughs> it's not a TV. No one, you can hack TVs now, but it's not like it's going to steal your. Oh, actually, it could with smart TVs. But I'm just saying, it's not a. It's not a radio. It's not a TV. It's not an MP3 player. It's the internet. Internet is bad. Internet is the woods. Internet has bad things in it. You got to learn. I got a couple of emails today. I don't know what what list I got, but they all spelt my name in all lowercase letters. Somewhere there's information about me with, with my name in lowercase letters. 
go right to the spam, never download. Anyways, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback, leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us on iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter, X, at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chuds. You can find me at Trevor Moore. And we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play the games, y'all.